You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast. Hey, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast and give it a thumbs up if it's deserving. It helps me a lot. Anyway, aka Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week, we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. And as you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? Silva is on the show today. She's got a can-do attitude and says she goes through life expecting good things and good things come her way. Reminds me of that mantra, whatever you believe, you're correct. She checked off a bucket list item, which was to ride her bicycle across the U.S., and she did it solo. She took along a computer and kept track of her epic adventure, and then when she got back, she wrote a book to document it, but also to inspire and empower others. Here's her story. All right, well, on the show today, we have Silva. Hey, Silva. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank cool. you. Well, this is pretty cool because you are literally in Italy while we are recording and I am in the U.S. in Iowa. So it's kind of a fun, you know, I don't think I've ever done that with a different country and you're there and I'm here. And there's sunlight shining in your windows and here it's just dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have never been to Italy. So I am curious to see what it's like there. Um, but anyway, the reason that you're on the show is I found you, or you found me, we found each other somehow. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through some of your social media, and you actually did a solo bike adventure across the United States, which I'm really curious about. And a lo- I, I've had a lot of guests on who talk about that experience. And so that's why you're here. But then on top of it, you actually wrote a book about it. Is that true? I did, yes. While riding the bicycle across the country, I wrote the first draft. Anyways. Oh, awesome. Okay, I totally want to get into that. But let's start out by telling the listeners um, where you are now, which we already, you know, secret, we already know you're in Italy. But tell us a little bit more about that. And what cycling is like there. So I live outside of Bologna, which mm-hmm. is in north central Italy, and in a small town called Faenza. Um, not Firenze, but pretty close to Firenze. And actually, the biking culture here is uh, marvelous because there's some famous cyclists that have come from this area, like Pantani, I think, if I don't mess things up. <laughs> and the the bike culture is very strong. Like everybody goes out on Sundays in like herds of spandex it's like the thing to do like even people that don't ride a bicycle hardly at all put on like a very fancy spandex outfit and they'll (laughs) go ride everywhere all over the countryside on sundays and saturdays too so it's kind of like um a really nice area to be for somebody who likes to ride a bicycle yeah and what about very good hills uh commuting do people commute by bicycle there here they do. This is, I've heard it said, one of the highest um, population density of bicycles in Italy because it's very flat. Hmm. Um, and Ferrara, which is kind of two hours away-ish, is, has the highest density, I heard once. But here, yeah, you see everybody flying by. Like somebody asked me, is this China? 
because there's like just people there's grandma with her groceries there's this man who washes the windows with his ladder and on his, his bike. bucket on a bike it's oh amazing my he's my favorite <laughs> that's awesome he's my favorite and did you say you're in a pretty small town so to have small town plus you know hardcore cyclists that's pretty cool it's really cool yeah it's really cool uh it's i mean it's not that small it's like 70,000 people almost. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a good size. And I don't know if it's a long story or a short story, but how did you end up in Italy? <laughs> it's always connected to bikes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. I started in 2009. I started working for a bicycle tour company called Experience Plus. Mm. And I'm still a tour leader for them, although obviously this year we had zero season. Um, but I started working for them in 2009. And coming and going with my now ex-husband who is a bike mechanic and I did everything (laughs) like everything and I still guide for them nice nice well let's crossing our fingers that in 2021 um, things will get closer to normal yeah we all are hoping for that I think yeah to whatever whatever our normal is right Uh well that kind of segues into um, bike touring and it sounds like part of what you do uh, when you're bike touring has to do with a job do you want to get into a little bit about the solo bike adventure that you did across the U.S. like maybe uh, how you decided to do it when you did it all those kinds of questions sure sure so 2009 is when I started working for this company and it's also when I discovered bike touring and then quickly became completely obsessed with it <laughs> like <laughs> as the coolest way to travel on earth for people that don't mind being in pain a lot of the time that they're traveling that's <laughs> yeah, true and, and stinky sometimes <laughs> and a lot of stinky but also like able to eat anything you want yeah yeah that is very period. true <laughs> so so also with my ex-husband we got really into bike touring and so we started bike touring like um all over Colorado where we were living and also in Southeast Asia mm. in Thailand Vietnam and Laos all over Europe because we would come and work for the bike tour company for a bit and then travel on bikes usually and then return home so luckily like by the time we had split up I had all of this experience Mm -hmm. bike touring and like I had all the gear and I knew how to accumulate the gear that had failed and what to look for. And I was totally prepared, at least I thought I was, to ride my bicycle across the United States by myself. (laughs) So I did it in the, so from October, early October of 2017 um, until February of 2018 mid-February so four and a half months wow and did you hit the mountains when it was snowy I was so lucky Mm -hmm. also because I was dragging my heels in New Mexico because I find it just a magical state and I made it over the continental divide and then it snowed dumped the next day so (laughs) I was really lucky oh my gosh and did you pure luck start California or did you start or which side of the United States did you start on? Good question. So I I followed what's called the um, Southern Tier Route, Mm. Venture Cycling Association's route that starts in uh, San Diego, Mm. California and goes until St. Augustine, Florida. Mm. 
but I also added a little bit on because I started in Berkeley where my brother lives. So I rode down the coast and then across the big left turn. And uh, do you recall the distance? Like how many miles did you do it? It was about 6,000, sorry, that's kilometers, 4,000, 4,000 miles, wow. a little over 4,000 miles. Wow. And how would you describe like the terrain? I mean, were you typically when you pick a route that's an established route, like with adventure cycling, um, I think that they pick a little bit lower traffic and maybe mm-hmm. elevation. I'm not sure. They try for sure to, to pick roads that are less trafficy. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes like when you're going through places like Arizona, there are no other roads because the population population density is in the basement. Mm. So you have to ride on the interstate for a bit. But in general, yeah, they try to to pick a quote more scenic route for you. Mm-hmm. But the um, the scenery and everything changed like it went from the Pacific coast through the desert, like desert, desert, lots of desert into Texas. So into like starting to be hill country around Austin and, and then eventually to like swamps mm. and thick forests, things like that. So it was a lot of different changes. Yeah. You saw in, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I um, am also uh, big into bicycle touring. Um, and I am a firm believer in like steel is real. So I've got like a <laughs> steel bicycle a gunner and it's got, you know, like the um, hub generator on it. So I, I don't have to worry about Ooh. lights and all of that good stuff. And then, you know, the funny thing is uh, you put on your panniers and then you just start putting more and more weight on it. Like I uh, got into bikepacking this past year and it was so refreshing to know that I only have like two bags to put my junk in instead of four or five or six. So do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your gear setup or how, you know, were you uh, had lots of weight going or were you real light wearing one outfit all the whole time or something? <laughs> I was, I I think I was in the middle. I'm not a super, super duper minimalist, mm-hmm. but um, my front rack had broken not long before I left and I didn't have time to get it all figured out. Um, so I had two, I had rear panniers and I had uh, a handlebar bag mm. called a sweet roll um, for my tent and my fuel and some other heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I had um, a frame bag that I kept like snacks and wallet and all that stuff in but I did carry everything I had everything to camp I had also since it was in the winter I had warm weather gear I had a swimsuit I had like rain stuff I had everything Mm -hmm. so light it was not (laughs) (laughs) and I also had a computer (laughs) so that I could write this book so this book that I wrote about the trip yeah. So. And I don't know, it's kind of a bragging thing when you're touring, you know, like, that's a difference for me between bike touring and bike packing, you know, bike touring, you're basically on the yeah. roads. And I mean, you don't bring the kitchen sink with you. But, you know, for mm-hmm. you, for example, a computer was important to you because you wanted to be able to document uh, for your book. So it's, um, yeah, it's funny. I, I love the fact that I've done both. Because, you know, like a sleeping bag, especially if you're going to be cold, like 
that's mm-hmm. um that's not something that you're going to leave at home. I mean, I don't want no. to just be in my, you know, long pants and a sweatshirt and suffer through a, a night in the cold. <laughs> yeah, I'm a really bad sufferer of cold, even though I love to be outside like all the time. And I actually really love to ski too, mm. backcountry ski. But the cold is really hard. So I had to bring like warm stuff and a tent. A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. And were you mostly mostly camping or did you do hostels or hotels occasionally? Good question. Uh, for the first month exclusively, I camped. Mm as much as possible and then as much as I could going forward but then it started to get cold and it started to rain mm. and snow and it snowed in Louisiana also I was trapped oh. in Louisiana for a few days for like a hundred year snowstorm freak snowstorm so <laughs> it was interesting um I used warm showers the warm showers oh, yeah. network mm-hmm. if anybody's familiar with that um hospitality based so I've also, since I've been back here and have my own place now, I've hosted some cyclists coming through Italy, mm-hmm. which is super cool and fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I met an incredible amount of really amazing people on the trip through the Warm Showers Network. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just warmshowers.org, if I remember right. I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Amazing. So can you get into, because I have more questions about the actual tour, but did you start the tour knowing you were going to write a book or did it happen organically? Uh, I'm also a writer Mm -hmm. and I study journalism. And so for me, writing is like, well, now, now I speak two languages, but maybe writing was my first. So maybe three in total. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I don't know. Before I left at some point, I had the idea I should just, I should write about this book and maybe I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Actually, the the idea to start with is that I um, also had a GoFundMe account mm. because uh, the m- moment when I started the tour in my life was like kind of a crazy one. Um, I had just gotten divorced. I had left Colorado, got rid of all my stuff, and I had no idea what I was going to do next mm. except for somehow get to Italy. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have a plan for that either. <laughs> So I, I got I knew that I needed to do, do this ride and I didn't really understand why at the beginning and I didn't necessarily have a lot of money. So I asked for some help and then I promised everyone that helped me a copy of the book. Oh, okay. And that's a promise that I still will definitely uphold mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about what is in the book. So it's the story of the trip, obviously, like from start to finish, Mm -hmm. but it's also kind of gets into the breakup with my husband and why I felt like I really needed to ride myself across the United States, Mm -hmm. uh, which ended up being like a very empowering journey. And by the end of it, I had a first draft of a book and I also planned my move to Italy while riding across the country. Nice. So I think without this ride, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and looking at you know your uh, day in and day out of you know all you had to do was 
ride your bike and document the day. Uh, any sort of like mishaps that happened along the way? Oh, of course. Yeah. Anytime you like set off on a bike for a while, things always happen. <laughs> so, so there was the blizzard in, in Louisiana, mm. which I, I think the entire state of Louisiana didn't expect either. And there was uh, a landslide that I had to get around in California. Mm. There was a heat wave also in California, like over a hundred degrees straight for like days. Mm. It was in the Santa Ana wind was blowing, which is a very hot wind. It's even like 90 degrees at night. So, um, and then there was, let's see, I had a knee problem in Texas. I had to stop for a couple of weeks. I had a bike parts break in the middle of nowhere. I had rack parts break in the middle of nowhere. I had to get really creative with uh, lodging too, because uh, in Texas, there was a lot of wild dogs also running around oh. i had to figure out how to defend myself like every day for a couple of months pretty much that part of the country is pretty intense mm. with lots of dogs running around so yeah it was in that, a lot of challenges and that kind of segues into my next question is um you know obviously you're solo and you're female and young did you have fears I mean, I, I feel like it's not that I'm not afraid. It's just that I don't let those things stop me. Awesome. And yeah. so, yeah, so like I, I'm aware and I know that like I'm not naive. So I know that the world can be a dangerous place. But also mm -hmm. I go through my life expecting good things and then they come to me. It's so cool. Perfect. So, yeah. 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 That's yeah. awesome. Um, and you mentioned, you know, meeting a lot of great people through the Warm Showers website or app. But how about mm -hmm. just, you know, it's always fun when you're loaded down on your bike. People are curious, like, where are you going? What are you doing? So what was that like? Oh, I had people like giving me burritos oh. and like water, you know. Yeah, like super, super nice people mm -hmm. just out of nowhere or inviting me to come come stay with us, come stay with us. I did that a few times and went off route when I felt, you know, I, I trust my instincts. So if somebody seems to be nice and I don't get any alarm bells and stuff, then I said yes a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I also ended up sleeping at a lot of uh, churches, police stations, and fire stations. Mm. They're always very kind to a, a random cyclist coming through. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you know, told us at the beginning that you did have a route. Um, did you ever get lost? You know, you mentioned you go off route occasionally, but did you ever get lost? Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the fun. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, going down the California coast, I didn't. Um, I basically just rode down the California coast. And I wasn't using maps. I was looking at my phone sometimes, mm. uh, looking at Google Maps. I got myself lost a, a couple of times mm -hmm. doing that. Um, and I also got lo really lost in Phoenix. Mm. I like, could not find my way out of this subdivision. And I passed the same – there was this cactus that had, like, Christmas lights hung on it. And, like, the third time I passed it, I was like, oh, my Where? God, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> I'm never going to get out of Phoenix. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> but I did. Um, I think um, it's a sometimes a hard question to answer, but, you know, you, you're 
new life was basically getting on your bike and riding it and going to the next spot and then camping and then getting on your bike. It's like a repeat. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you adjust back to, I want to say normal life, but that's not really true because you were at a crossroad anyway in your life. But Mm -hmm. how did you go from all I have to do is ride my bike to now like, oh man, I think I have to be an adult and do adult things again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I really do love the routine that you get into. Like Mm -hmm. you said it perfectly. It's really nice. Your only job is to like stay alive Mm -hmm. until you get some food and find a place to sleep. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. And yeah, I did definitely have to adjust. I felt for the first like couple of weeks after I stopped, I felt like so weird about being in the same place and like not moving. And I didn't want to be inside at all. I was like just going and sitting outside. I just wanted to be outside Mm -hmm. because I was outside so much. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, I gave myself a crash course in both adulting and culture shock by immediately diving into bureaucracy in the States and then moving to Italy. (laughs) So, um, it was a really long adjustment period in general also. But I mean, how many people can say that? Like, ah, and then I just, I moved to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very fortunate. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, so headfirst to also becoming an English as a second language teacher and learning Italian. Oh, wow. Are you teaching uh, young students or adults? Both. Oh. Every age. Yeah, all ages. Mm -hmm. Excellent. That's cool. Mm -hmm. A quick interruption to tell you this week's sponsor is Thirsty Pigs, a full-service mobile event company offering beer, wine, spirits, plus catering for any indoor or outdoor event. Check out more at thirstypigs.com. Now back to the show. And have you uh, done any bike touring in Italy yet? Yes. Um, I mean, uh, ever since I've been coming here, I've always done bike tours, also working and and voyaging. But after the lockdown finished here in June, June 3rd, um, because we had a very intense lockdown, like not leaving our houses for three months. Oh, wow. So I spent part of that planning a bike tour. <laughs> <laughs> and so the very, very first day that we could leave not only our towns, but our regions, I got on my bicycle and rode for 18 days down to the very tip of southern Tuscany Hmm. on my own. And then did you ride back too? I didn't have time because I had to do bureaucracy, more bureaucracy stuff. So I took the train back. Yeah. I took the train back. Uh, Well, um, where are you at with the book so far? So while I've been doing all of this learning Italian and becoming an English teacher and everything else and translator, um, I have also polished the book. So Hmm. it is now... To the point where I'm uh, about to send it out to editors and agents Excellent. and try to to get it out to a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. And I'm also doing kind of like a self-marketing campaign. So an hour at least a day on social media and trying to do things like podcasts and blogging and anything that I can to kind of get the word out there yeah. as well. And if people want to actually track you down or I don't know if you're at the point where people can read excerpts how can they look for you um they can find me on instagram at 
uh, the underscore Silva underscore lining. Everything is the Silva lining. <laughs> so the blog is www.thesilvalining.com. Okay. And Facebook is also at the Silva lining. So basically search for the Silva lining. Very good. Um, <laughs> any adventures going forward? I guess I guess if the um, touring company gets back in action, you'll be doing that. But do you have any, like, in your heart, like, I got to do this next? Well, we still have a lot of restrictions over here. Mm. We're much more restricted than a lot of places. Um, right now, starting a few days ago now, we can leave our towns again. So it kind of depends what happens. But I would really love to ride from here to Spain. Mm. Because I have a lot of friends in Spain, and I've never, I've never been there. I'm always waiting on a kind of residence permit too, which uh, until I have it in my hands, I cannot leave Italy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's complicated. But if not, then I'll go ride around Italy some more. There you go. Because that won't suck. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> off the top of your head, do you have any um, do's and or don'ts when it comes to touring? Oh. I would say do definitely carry an extra tire mm. because I I didn't, but I got around it. Or or if you're in the States, sign up for Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and then you can mail stuff ahead of you. That's what I did with several bike parts that I needed oh, and a water filter. Oh, very good idea. Mm. Mm. And then you just ask your, your warm shower host or whoever, hey, can I, ma- can I mail you this tire mm-hmm. or whatever? That was incredibly helpful. Very smart. Um, and in a pinch, if you get a flat and you can't, you don't have your tire yet, you can always use duct tape and an old student ID oh. inside. <laughs> Patch that thing right up. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And don't be afraid. If you're a single woman, don't be afraid to go. Yeah, I, I think that's a super great. smart advice. Like, why not? Yeah, mm-hmm. just do it. The yeah. more ladies we get out there on our own or e- even in packs, the better. Yeah, and that's actually my next question was going to be, if somebody has the dream, like, I want to do this, I want to go on a bike tour, would you say anything beyond just go do it? I mean, learn learn how to, well, get in shape a little bit first. Like, right. don't just start cold turkey like this wonderful, wonderful girl that I met on the trip who then had a a knee problem quite quickly. Mm. So uh, do some training ahead of time. Uh, Learn how to to do some route finding maybe ahead of time. That would be helpful. And start accumulating maybe some lightweight gear if you don't, if you care about, you know, weight stuff. Mm -hmm. And realize that sometimes as a girl, you will have some experiences that are not super pleasant of guys asking you things you don't want to be asked or uh, asking you, you know, why did your husband let you go on this trip? Things like that. But that could happen anywhere in the world. It could happen on the bus. Sure. Yeah. People could be, guys can be horrible to you on the bus or on the side of the road. So you might as well go on a bike tour. Yeah. If they're going to be like that. That's true. And you're getting exercise. You're getting, uh, for me, you know, mental, mental fitness, I guess you could call it where you're just like, Mm -hmm. you know, you are just you are in control of the machine that you are pedaling. Plus, you're in control of where you go and what you do. 
Yep, absolutely. And um, it's a really beautiful, intimate way to see where you're going through because you're totally immersed in it, like for better or worse. Yeah. If, uh, if you go past a factory that smells awful, you smell that. But you're also like under the sunshine. Mm. You notice all sorts of things you wouldn't have seen. Mm-hmm. I really got to know America better. Like it was for me, it was kind of like a a parting gift almost mm-hmm. because I really, I really got to know America a lot better and appreciate it a lot more before I said goodbye to it for a while. Yeah, well said. Do you have a title yet for your book? I do. Oh, okay. I do. Um, it's called. Finding the Silver Lining. Very cool, yeah. <laughs> and then the subtitle is uh, Through My Mind and My Country on a Bike. Oh, awesome. So if people want to check you out before they can buy this book, uh, basically you mentioned pretty much all the social media sites. Go search The Silva Lining. The Silva Lining, Silva with a Y, S-Y-L-V-A. Great, awesome. I, I, on the blog, I will be, um, I'm trying to get people to sign up for it because I'll be posting some updates on the progress and the link to this podcast and other things that I managed to do and maybe some excerpts and things like that as well. Great. And yeah, when you, um, people are listening to this podcast, they can look at the show notes and find all of your, um, different social media sites and where they can go and, Thanks. Uh, fine stuff. Yeah. So um, <laughs> anything else you want to plug before we end? Oh, man, I don't know. I just uh, I hope that uh, this inspires some people to go go out and and bike tour a for one or, or even just do something that they maybe wouldn't have considered they'd been able to do before. And if they do, I would love to hear about it. Yeah, because hearing about other people's adventures and in inspiring and empowering each other is what I think is part part of why I felt like I had to do this ride and write this book. Awesome. Well, I am definitely looking forward to the finished product, which Thanks. yeah, hopefully it'll, it might it'll be it might end up self-published even if I can get enough interest. I have no idea. Oh, this yeah. is a this is like the next adventure. <laughs> <laughs> the bike tour was like the easy part. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, Silva, thank you so much for uh, coming to us from Italy and talking about your book and your adventures. And uh, we really, or at least I look forward to uh, following you on social media. Con piacere, like they say, with pleasure. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) It was my pleasure. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks, Silva, for sharing your story. Wow, a 4,000-mile bike tour across the U.S. is an epic accomplishment that many people only dream about. Her book is called Finding the Silva Lining, and you can learn more about it on her website, which is www.thesilvalining.com. I'll list all of her social media links in the show notes. If you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting, email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. Please visit my Instagram page for daily entertainment and check out the Morphology YouTube page to find videos of some of the places I go. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Morphology. This quote comes from F.M. Alexander. People do not decide their future. They decide their habits, and it's their habits that decide their future. Think about it.